It is when you become vulnerable and you truly share all of who you are and are brave enough to share all of who you are that you really see great power. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life. Create your life. One day she calls me mm-hmm. and says, "Tony, I got this job, and you're the only one I want. Mm. So what do I have to do to get you to come work for me?" Yeah. And I said, "Miss Esther, I love you, but there ain't no way I'm working for Walmart, and there ain't no way I'm moving to Bentonville, Arkansas." <laughs> so she was like, "Hush, boy, come over here and see me." Okay. So out of personal courtesy and professional courtesy, I went. Yeah, but I had no intention of doing anything well. I was mm-hmm. gonna do my thing, do be a little average, you know. I won't try to. I will not try Hold to. On, so you switch. You stopped working at State Farm because she wanted you. I thought you yes. said for professional courtesy, you was going to go and say hi. Yeah, <laughs> you literally uprooted and I, said, "Okay, I'm well, going. no." I, for professional courtesy, I went to interview. Okay, because okay. she said, "I want you to come talk." Right, right. I was right. Like, okay. I'll come talk. Okay, but you know, this is a you know. But if you want to waste your money like that, okay. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I I don't want to hurt your feelings, so I'm gonna show up and go to the interviews. Right. So I went, I interviewed, talked to a whole bunch of people, and came on home. I thought, like, I've done my job. I'm out of here. Right. I'm good. I'm going to continue my life. Right, right, right. They don't want me. Three weeks later, uh-huh. uh, we'd like to make this offer to you. An offer? Offer for what? <laughs> and so they extended the offer to me, and I didn't say a word. There was silence on the phone. And the recruiter, her name was Denise Thomas, who, by the way, is one of my dearest friends today. <laughs> so Denise says, uh, I just gave you an offer of a lifetime, and I'm not getting any reaction. And I said, well, that's because this is not supposed to happen like this. This is not part of my plan. Operative word, my. Right, right. This, this, this is not supposed to happen this way. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I, I, I need some time. I just need some time to think about this. She said, okay, you take your time. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I had made the decision that I was going to take the job. That you weren't? That I was not going to take okay. it. Okay. But although I had decided to do that, mm-hmm. I started having all these problems. I couldn't sleep. I wasn't eating. I was making silly mistakes at work. I felt uneasy. I couldn't figure out what was going on. Mm. And I, even, I, I was even in church one Sunday, and pastor had an altar call, mm-hmm. and I just fell apart. Fell apart on, fell apart at the altar so bad that pastor turned service over to his assistant pastor and took me outside and said, "Okay, what's going on?" Mm. And I was like, "Pastor, I have no idea. I can't explain it to you. I don't know what it is, but you know, I I I I, just, I can't sleep. I'm not eating right. You know, I, I I'm making all these mistakes. I just feel anxious. I just can't. I just do not feel peace. 
at mm. all. I don't feel peace. Mm. Uh, so the next day, so the next day, that Sunday, I'm talking to my mother. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, that was the the one of the three most pivotal times of my life that forever changed me, you know, forever changed me. Mm-hmm. And so she and I would have a conversation every Sunday. Okay. 7.30 p.m. Central Time. Mm. All right. And we would talk and do all kind of stuff. And then when the conversation was over, she would say, now, baby, before, before we hang up, mm-hmm. I got a question for you. And I said, yes, ma'am. She said, baby. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, are you flowing with the river? And I said, yes, ma'am, I'm flowing with the river. Now, my friend, I had no idea what she was talking about. Mm. But I knew I had been on the phone for an hour and a half. <laughs> so he's flowing with that river. And if I said no, we're going to be a phone for another hour and a half, and I got to go to work tomorrow. It's Sunday night. I got to go to work. <laughs> no, so yeah, I'm, I'm flowing all right, y'all. I'm flowing. <laughs> so, um, so that particular Sunday, I had a, you know, I told her what was going on. Like I couldn't sleep so you and told stuff. You wasn't flowing with the, with the uh, you know. Well, I, I didn't say all that. I just, I just said like I just wasn't feeling right. That things weren't right. <laughs> and she said, well, "What's going on?" I said, "Well, the only thing I can really think that's really like going on right now is that I got a, I got this job offer." Yeah. And she said, "Oh, really?" Mm-hmm. I said, "Yes, with Walmart." Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And I said, "But I can't do it." And she said, "Why not?" I said, "Cause you know, Walmart just don't do right by people. I had I had believed the hype, right? Mm. So no, I, so 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 so. Um, uh, lesson number one: Do your own homework. Hey, okay. Hey, but I had believed the hype, yeah. and she said, "Well, what, 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 why you why you think they don't treat people right? Well, you know how you know they don't treat people right? Did you go to the store and talk to people? You got a store right there. Did you go talk to them? No. Well, how you know they don't treat people right?" Mm. Well, I read it in the newspaper. Oh, so everything you read in the newspaper is true. Like, the press has never lied about you. Mm. So I'm like, mm, here we go. I'm getting ready to get mad. Yeah. And she knew it, too. So you was about to get mad? I was about to get mad. She knew it. She, <laughs> knows me so, she knew me so well. And then she goes, let's just say for the sake of argument, Tony. Ooh. Let's yeah. just say for the sake of argument. Okay, that the newspapers are right, that mm-hmm. everything you heard is the truth. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think that maybe... You could make the change. They realize mm-hmm. that... They're not getting it right, but they know you know how to get it right, and they're asking for your help to get it right. All right, Mama. And I was like, oh, here we go. What's your mom's name? Barbara Jean. Mama, Mama Jean. Barbara Jean turned around and said what she said, and then I said, then she said, well, baby, you grown. Do whatever you want to do. But oh, I, that's for you better do this. That's a cold <laughs> word for you better do what you know you're supposed yeah, to do. But then, but then she says, then she says, then she says, but let me tell you something. <laughs> there it is. There it is. If you decide not to take that job, uh-huh. I don't ever want to hear you say one bad thing about Walmart uh-huh. because you had the opportunity to help them out and you chose not to. Mm. So you know, man. She said, baby, I know you're mad at me now, so I'm going to let you go. But mm. before I let you go, got a question. I said, yes, ma'am. She said, are you flowing with the river? And I said, yes, ma'am, I'm flowing with the river. And that day she said to me, baby, you have to flow with the river because the river knows exactly where it's going. And she says, when wow. you, she says, when you were born, the good Lord took you in the palm of his hands mm-hmm. and he, looked, he went to the river and he looked at it. Mm-hmm. And, the river, and the river looked back and responded, yes, Lord. See, the, the good Lord didn't have to say nothing. Mm-hmm. He just looked at the river. 
Mm-hmm. And the river looked back and said, yes, Lord. And he gently placed you on that river. Mm. And the river's going to take you exactly where you're supposed to go. Mm. So stop fighting the river. Mm. Stop telling the river what to do. The river's always known what it's supposed to do. Mm. But keep in mind, baby, the river only made one promise to you, that it was going to get you where you're supposed to go. Right. It, it never, it never, it never Exactly. <laughs> it never promised you it won't hit a rock every once in a while. Mm. never promised you how fast or how slow it was going to go. It just promised you it was going to get you where you're supposed to go. Mm. And so in my, in, <coughs> excuse me, in my indignant self, mm-hmm. I go, well, if that's how it's going to be, I don't have to do anything because what's going to happen is going to happen. You said that to her? I said that to her. Oh, boy. And, and she said, baby, that's where you're getting it wrong. Mm-hmm. Because see, you're confusing where power comes from. Mm. She said, it ain't about what happens to you. It's about what you decide to do with what happens to you. That's where the real power is in. It's in the unseen is where the power is. It's not in the scene. She says, it's just like the river. You can't be worried about the froth and the trash and the wind blowing up there and creating the waves and all that kind of stuff. That ain't where the power is. The power's in the undercurrent. That's what controls what happens in the river. It ain't the wind and the thing. It's the undercurrent that does it. You think that a storm is what causes the, the, the waters to get rough? Ain't it the storm? It's the undercurrent that, that, that does the gravitational pull and the undercurrent that creates all that mess that happens on top. Mm. So you, I never even knew that. Uh, yeah. So I didn't even know. I used to tell, like, where do you get all that stuff? She said, I don't know. So anyways, so, so, so she said, you, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. So, um, but that forever changed my life. Because I realized at that point that everything happens the way that it's supposed to happen. Okay. That the plan is good, she would say. Mm-hmm. Baby, the plan for you is good. Mm-hmm. And the plan for you is perfect. Mm-hmm. I didn't say you're going to like the plan all the time. Mm-hmm. Not, I, didn't say, I didn't even say you're going to understand the plan all the time. Mm-hmm. But, you'll, but as the old hymn goes, you'll understand it better by and by. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I said, but you do what you're going to do. I still wasn't convinced. Wow, okay. Even after all that, even though I knew, I was, after she didn't tell me, I still wasn't halfway convinced. I didn't tell you. Yes. But I went to a board meeting Mm -hmm. right after that. I I sit on the board of the Center for Asian Pacific American Women. Okay. That's crazy. You know, I'm the only male Mm -hmm. and the only non-Asian sitting on that board. Okay. Uh, Tony you know, which I love. Yeah. And they just bore me. These board members bore me. Oh, my goodness. These Asian women bore me to death, and I love it. Uh, but anyways, during our board meeting, what I love about our board meetings is that before we start doing business, mm-hmm. we have what is called a reconnect. Okay. We create a safe space, mm-hmm. and it's an opportunity for board members just to let go. Mm. And to do what they need to do, say what they need to say. If they want to cry, you get to cry. Mm. Because so often you can't find that safe space to do it. How do you guys create that safe space? And what does that look like? It, it, it all depends on who, faci- who facilitates the reconnect. Right? It happens in all different kind of ways. Now, walk, walk me through this because I, I think that's something that would be yeah. really good for our listeners. So this is how we did it. On, on that particular time, this is how we did it. Mm-hmm. The person brought in a cloth ball. And she called that her weather ball. Okay. And what she says, when I pass the when I pass the weather ball to you, mm-hmm. I want you to describe for me the weather inside of you today. Mm, okay. So when the ball came to me, 
Mm-hmm. I was like, well, it's raining and it's cloudy and there's all this, there's all this, this water in, you know, all over me. I can't see, you know, I, it's just, it's just, it's just really rough. And I said, but the only thing I can see is one ray of light. Mm-hmm. And what I can't, what, and what I can tell is that the storm is trying to, the winds and the waves and the clouds are trying to cover up that ray. But no matter what everything, no matter what everything does, the race still shines through. And when I said that, I said, "Oh my Lord!" And I got up from there, mm-hmm. excused myself. Mm-hmm. I got up. I called a recruiter. I called Anissa. Said, "Okay, you got it. I'm taking the job." Mm-hmm. Because what that represented to me, I was looking for every kind of excuse not to see what I was supposed to see. Mm-hmm. The ray of light was, this is what I want you to do. Stop playing with me. And you're making every kind of excuse why this is not your job. Mm-hmm. This is a job I want you to do. So stop trying to play me. Stop trying to make every kind of excuse rain shower, every kind of excuse cloud, every kind of excuse wave, any kind of excuse. The ray of light, there ain't nothing you can do about this ray of light. And the ray of light is, is that I want you to go to Walmart. Period. Stop playing with me. So you accepted the job, and how long have you been and I sl- now? And I, sl- I never slept better that night. That I, I had the best sleep of my night of my of my life that night. Wow. All because you pretty much decided to listen and surrender. It's listen and surrender. Well, you went with the flow of the river. I went with the As flow of the Jean river. Said. Yes, I went with the flow of the river. And so uh, I've been with I've been, I've been with. It's interesting how we do things, right? Mm-hmm. Like we make we put all these ultimatums. So I get to, okay, I'm going to take the job, but I'm only here for two years. So Esther, decide what we're going to do for two years because I'm out of here. <laughs> two years pass. Okay, Esther, when you retire, I'm out of here. I'm here because I got your back. When you retire, I'm out of here. That was six years ago. She retired six years ago? Yes. And how long have you been there? Ten, a total of 10 years, almost 11 years. 10 years, almost 11. Yeah. Wow. December 16 will be 11 years for me. Congratulations. Thank you. And when you went in, did you go in uh, with the same title that you have now? or I went with a little higher title. Okay. Uh, when, I left, when I left State Farm, I was an assistant director. Mm-hmm. When I um, got to Walmart, I was a director. And six months later, I was a senior director. Wow. So, uh, Look at that. You, that path of progression right there, uh, just in six months, you know, yeah. that was really where you were supposed to be at. Yeah. Well, the reward, right? The reward yeah. for doing what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Because the one thing that I've learned is that the plan is going to go through mm-hmm. whether you do what your role in the plan or not. Mm. Right? So what would that mean? That somebody else would take the position? No. Or? Who knows? Because the plan is good and the plan is perfect. It's, what's going to happen is going to happen. What is meant to be is going to, to be. be. You don't have any power to impede what is to be. Mm. We try to pretend like we do. Mm-hmm. We, we, we believe that we do. But you can't, you, you have, it ain't about you. You ain't that big, bad, and bad. You, you, you're just not. You're just an instrument in the, in the larger plan. Mm. And whether you play your role or not, mm-hmm. the plan is going to come to fruition. Mm-hmm. My mother used to always say, um, uh, and we talked about this earlier, right? Uh, my mother used to always say that, um, that we, we are given two things when we are born. Mm-hmm. We're given a name and we're given an assignment that only we can accomplish in the greater good. Mm-hmm. That's what makes us special mm-hmm. is the assignment that is given to us. And our greatness will be determined mm-hmm. 
on how courageous we are to take on the assignment that has been given to us. Mm. And so, um, you know, you take on your assignment, the rewards come with that. Right. You know, the rewards come with doing the assignment. But otherwise, it's going to, it's going to, whatever's going to happen, what's supposed to happen is going to happen. And so when you start thinking in that way, mm-hmm. which is, you know, when you start thinking about the river and about the assignment, you start operating in a very different fashion. And you look at things in a whole different way. And, and the things that, be, that, are, that, that may be important to others are totally unimportant to you. Mm-hmm. And the things that are important to you are, are usually the things that other people miss. They don't see it. And that's, you know, and that's just unfortunate. That's just unfortunate. Right. Um, and, but it's the way it happens. And so um, uh, uh, you look. You, you stop looking at the what. Mm-hmm. You start looking at the why. Mm. Right. So I don't question the fact that you and I are sitting right here today, mm-hmm. at this time. Mm-hmm. I don't question it at all. Mm. What makes a difference is what we decide to do with this time. Right. I think it was already destined centuries ago that on this day, mm-hmm. you and I were going to have a conversation. Yeah. However, we get to choose what that conversation looks like. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Um, it is why when I get on an airplane, I always speak to the person next to me. Always. Mm. Because I truly believe that we were destined to sit next to each other, whether we wanted to be or not. Right. And this could be a wonderful opportunity or a wonderful missed opportunity. It all, it's all up to me. Mm. I will tell you that two of my best friends in the whole entire world, I met sitting next to, next to them on an airplane. You got a lot of friends, man, and I, I appreciate that about you. I mean, you have this this radiance about you uh-huh. and this uh, contagiousness. Um, I guess I gotta ask now. You, you it sounds like you have a career that's thirty plus years now in working in corporate America. Yeah, uh, what have been? I can't believe most, it. Right, and I mean, you can't see it. I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to guess, man. You look very. Uh, you look very young. You look like you're in your thirties, and you talk about you got thirty years in the game. Well, you know, uh, as uh, as as another one of those those wonderful Barbara Jean Motley Walla sayings, uh-huh. it ain't what they call you; it's what you answer to. Hey, I like that. So you know, I I I don't, uh, and your and your age is nothing but a number. It's just a number, and you get to decide what that number means. Mm-hmm. So I don't let anybody decide how how what my age, the definition of my age. Mm. I get to decide the definition of my age, mm. which is nothing but a number. Now, granted, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not uh, foolish. <laughs> Physically, there are times that I feel my age. Yeah, yeah. But mentally, emotionally, I don't, you know, I don't use a number to, 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 to define how I feel. Mm-hmm. And so I just have a good time, live mm-hmm. my life. Live my life. So what are what are some of the, can you give us like top three things that have helped you to uh, to navigate and have a successful mm-hmm. career to you know for thirty years and now be a senior director? What are three things that have helped you? Uh, one, uh, the, the the biggest one for me is uh, living a very authentic life. Mm. Okay. Uh, embracing all of who you are, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, uh, you know, just just doing with what you have, right? Now, I w- w- I say that with a with a little bit of a warning. Mm-hmm. If you decide to truly be authentic, mm-hmm. there will be times that your authenticity will reward you, and there will be times that your authenticity will be a liability 
to you. Mm. So, uh, you know, we were talking about those three things, right? And so for me, first is authenticity. Um, you said it will reward you, and then it'll also be a liability. Can, but if you decide to be your true self. If you decide to be your true self, um, there's, a, there's a cost. Mm-hmm. And you have to be okay with that cost, mm-hmm. which is what I think often is a problem for many people. Mm-hmm. Uh, many folks don't want to don't want to deal with the cost of it, and so therefore they become whatever other people want them to become mm-hmm. uh, because they think that that's the way for them to advance and move forward and and do their thing. And there's nothing, I, I, no judgments, you know, on that for me. You know, if it works for you, that's that's wonderful. It just never worked for me. Mm-hmm. I was never happy trying to be what everybody else wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I've gotten all kind of criticisms on 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 kind of things. A lot, a lot of very interesting feedback from people, uh, uh, but uh, I've never I've never let that stuff um, kind of deter me from being who I am. And how with getting that type of feedback, I feel like oftentimes people they adjust according to the feedback. What have been some of the ways that you've uh, managed to not let that stuff dig in and get deep, you know, to where it, it, it hinders you? I know you're going to be tired of me talking about Barbara Jean Motley Walla. Uh, I'm not, I'm not but, but Barbara anything. Jean, all you saw, my, my mother used to always say, always remember, baby, that there's a grain of truth in everything that people say. Mm. And you must search for that grain. And then you must decide whether you're going to keep that grain or not. Mm. She said. She said it's just like a. It's just. It's just like a. Like an ear of corn. You know. You gotta shuck it away. You gotta shuck all the stuff away mm-hmm. from that ear, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then when you get to the kernels, you decide which kernels of that corn you want. The brown ones you don't want to eat. The yellow ones you do. Or the yellow ones you don't want to eat. The brown ones you do. Whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? You get to decide which kernel of that corn is the right kernel for you. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that's what I've done. I, I analyze what people say, mm-hmm. and um, what I b- truly believe is for me, mm-hmm. I take. Mm-hmm. And what I truly believe is not for me, I dismiss. My favorite four letter, my favorite four words in the vocabulary mm-hmm. are "thank you for noticing." I learned that from Barbara Jean too. Thank you for noticing. You for noticing. Mm. So, like, you act interesting. Thank you for noticing. Or my favorite, one time I was in the evaluation, they said, if you just wasn't so childlike, thank you for noticing. That's mm. an interesting tie you're wearing. Thank you for noticing. You look good, boy. Thank you for noticing. Because Barbara Jean would say this, it doesn't matter what other people think. You should love how you look, how you feel, how you are. And if you don't, don't walk out that door. You shouldn't walk out the door not feeling right. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter if people like it or don't like it. It's that they noticed. And she would say, if they got that kind of time to waste on you, they should waste it on you. Now, let me ask you this. But what if somebody doesn't notice? Because now we're in the age of social media and everybody has a, a false sense of, uh, what do you want to call it, confidence. Yes. So what if people don't notice? You know, we still need to keep that level of confidence. What would you suggest to somebody who might, you know, be focused on or need that external validation? Uh, one, I think it all starts with, with, with preparation first thing in the morning when you get up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I believe that you should have a ritual of, of, of physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you know, uh, 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 getting yourself together, mm-hmm. however you want to do it. I mean, there are lots of different ways. You know, me, I, you know, um, I uh, meditate first mm-hmm. thing in the morning. I pray and meditate first thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. 
Um, uh, and I use that time to, to, to get myself in the right frame of mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everybody does it differently, and there's no right or wrong way, but I think you have to find whatever tool uh, and method that you can use mm-hmm. to set your brain right, to mm-hmm. set your spirit right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and, and you have to do it, you, you know, and you find different ways, whether it's reading a book, you know, certain books or, or, or writing, you know, some people, you know, love having a gratitude journal, but it was my mother, my mother, my mother always had a gratitude journal, mm-hmm. uh, and she would write something that she was grateful for every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, there, I think they're just different ways of being able to, uh, to do it, but you've got to take it upon yourself mm-hmm. to make that happen. Okay. Yeah. And so, what are the two other two other, ways uh, two. that you two other things that you've done that have helped you navigate and have a successful career? Number two for me mm-hmm. uh, is believe is understanding that there's true power and vulnerability. Mm. Okay. We, you know, we grow up we grow up thinking that if I know a little something that you don't know, mm-hmm. that makes me better. Mm-hmm. Uh, we grow up believing that I will share stuff with you, but I'll share just enough, but I got to keep a little something, something for myself mm-hmm. because that's going to keep me ahead of everybody else, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and that's unfortunately a lie. Mm-hmm. That is a lie. It is when you become vulnerable and you truly share all of who you are and are brave enough to share all of who you are that you really see great power. Mm-hmm. Um, it is when you share all of who you are that people can't hold stuff against you. Right. You know, they can't hold anything over you because... Everybody knows. Right. You just wear it as armor. You just wear it as armor. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, when I rock around and say, well, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I sometimes I got to watch myself because I trip people out, you know, because I'm just kind of just kind of talking stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'll turn around and say, yeah, you know, me and the guy that I'm dating right now uh, had a fight last night uh, and I had to put him straight. And everybody's like, oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, he's 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 talking about his sexuality. Right, he just put it out there, right. right? You know, like you're not supposed to talk about that kind of stuff. Why not? It is who I am. Is, Whether I love it or not, it is who I am. I mean, I have to, I have to embrace it, acknowledge it, right? Mm-hmm. So why should I have to hide it? There was a time that I wouldn't tell anybody about it, mm-hmm. right? My answer would be like, uh, they would ask, like, "Are you?" And I'm like, "Why do you need to know?" You mm-hmm. know. I decide. I get to decide who I answer that question to. You know, using that as an excuse. What helps you become? Um I guess, uh, comfortable in sharing that aspect of your life. Um, like even now today, you oh know, yeah. some people, they don't necessarily feel comfortable sharing their... Uh, I think for me, it was a combination of things. For me, it was a combination of I'm, ti- I'm tired. Mm. You know, I'm tired of holding out. Um, number two, uh, living a life where I'm not sharing all of who I am. It goes right. back to the, the issue, the, 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 authenticity. The, the, the authenticity and the, and the, and the vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, in trying not to be vulnerable, I didn't want to talk about it, or I wouldn't share, or I'd cover it up, or I'd lie, or, you know, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And after a while, it just becomes tiring. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I don't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I owe that to my mother, too. You know, my mother one day said to me, um, she said to me, you know, baby, she said, I have come to understand that being gay is not a choice. And that was her kind of um, uh, her way of saying, I just love you for who you are. Right. Um, I have a very strong faith, and so does she. So, so did she. 
and that for me was always a conflict, right? Mm-hmm. My faith mm-hmm. versus who I was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we're taught, mm-hmm. right, that homosexuality is wrong. Mm-hmm. That is that that it's a sin. That it's morally you know it's morally bad. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I could never reconcile how a God who is perfect, mm-hmm. who created me, created something that was imperfect. Right. That just didn't correlate. It goes mm-hmm. back to what we talked about earlier, right? About you know a God, you know a God that creates great things. Mm-hmm. That if he is omniscient and omnipresent and omnipotent, he can only create greatness. So how could a God that create greatness create this kind of imperfection of who I am, mm-hmm. right? And that just I just couldn't I just couldn't, couldn't I just could not reconcile that. Mm-hmm. So for years I tried to fix it, right? Because mm-hmm. I had a problem I needed to fix. Mm-hmm. And I went to all kind of doctors, and I did all kind of crazy therapists, all kind of crazy therapies, and all, you know, you know, I, I won't even go into like yeah. what I did to try to fix it. Right. right. Then when that didn't work, I said I'm gonna pray it out. Mm-hmm. And I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and cried and prayed, you know. And God, you're gonna change this, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. And one day in prayer, this is why this is so important first thing in the morning, right? You know, when you prepare yourself. One day in prayer, I'm saying, you know, God, I know what you can do. You've done it for other people. You have changed other people's lives. There are those that have said that you have taken away their homosexual tendencies and they feel cured, blah, blah, blah. And if you did it for them, you can do it for me. Right. And one day I'm saying that prayer and I shut up because, you know, prayer, Pete, this is the other thing we mess up on prayer, right? Mm-hmm. Decide no, we mess up on prayer. We we don't understand that prayer is a conversation, which right. means that you talk a little bit you and you listen a little bit. You talk a little bit and you listen a little bit. Prayer is a two-way conversation. Mm-hmm. So I prayed and I shut up. Mm-hmm. And I could clearly hear. Turn to 2 Corinthians 12. Okay. So I get my Bible, turn to 2 Corinthians 12. And for those Bible scholars out there, 2 Corinthians 12 is about uh, the time that, Paul, that, that uh, the Apostle Paul talks about his thorn in the flesh. Mm-hmm. And if you look at history, nobody knows what the real thorn is. I mean, there's a lot of speculation. Some say it was epilepsy. Some say it was, you know, all kind of things. But in, in the chapter, it says, uh, and, and the Lord, to keep me humble, gave me a thorn in the flesh. Mm-hmm. And three times I asked God to take away that thorn. Mm -hmm. And each time he responded, my grace is sufficient. In other words, this is what he meant. Mm. This is how I want you to be. Because then further he says, because in your weakness, I am strong. Mm. And so that was a revelation to me saying like, I ain't taking this from you. This is how I created you. Because this is how you, this is how I'm utilizing you in my plan. Mm. Mm. Just like this. I need you just how you are to carry out my plan. Right. And you said that you would do what I asked you to do. Mm-hmm. So this is what you're going to carry. This is what you're going to deal with. Because this is exactly how I need you. And that was, that, that was revelation number one. That okay. That it's I, I am who I am because this is how I'm supposed to be. And then my, then, then right after that, 
my best, my other best friend, mm-hmm. Trish Smith. Trish Smith is uh, one of the most amazing women I've ever met in my life. She is executive vice president for Edelman PR, one of the large, well, the largest PR firm in the country. She's the highest ranking African American for, for Edelman, mm-hmm. but she's also a pastor. She's also an ordained minister. Okay, uh, she's she's at uh, she is the uh, the uh, uh, head of young adults. She leads young adults at mm-hmm. uh, Ebenezer AME Church in Fort Washington, one of the largest you know, churches in, 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 mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, in the D.C. metro area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she looked at me one day almost in anger, and she says to me, Tony, you have to be what God created you to be. Mm-hmm. Embrace who he created you to be. You are just what he wants, just like you are right now. That's how he created you to Mm be. Be who he created you to be. And stop with this nonsense. Because I would have these conversations with her about, can't you pray with me? Can't we, you know? She she said, no, didn't you just reset reset Corinthians 12? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like what? Like, you you didn't get this? (laughs) Right, right, right. Stop it. Go with the river. Right. Mama Jean. Mom, yes, Mama Jean. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Be who you were created to be. Mm. And so uh, that was, the, li- that, that was the, the, the liberation for me. And so I embrace all of who I am. I am, I am totally vulnerable. I am a black, mm-hmm. gay, mm-hmm. Puerto Rican mm-hmm. who loves God, who has an incredibly strong faith mm-hmm. and who believes that the plan for me is good mm-hmm. and the plan for me is perfect. Mm. Wow. So let me ask you this. What's that third thing that has helped you uh, sustain and navigate uh, through your, your career? Uh, the, the, the third thing has been for me um, uh, just um, being very, uh, what's the word, being very observant mm-hmm. about what I do not see. Ooh, break that down, please. So um, it goes back to kind of when we were talking about the river, right? Mm-hmm, there are mm-hmm. two worlds that we live in. We live in a world that we see mm-hmm. and the world that we do not see. Mm. And the power is in the unseen. So in other words, you got to be careful how much credence you put into what you see, smell, taste, hear, feel. Those are all human characteristics. Mm. Human characteristics. Mm-hmm. And we know that he, being human is flawed, mm. which means that our eyes sometimes see things mm-hmm. that probably weren't what we saw, but we believe that's what we saw. Yeah, our perspective. We smell things that we think we smell, but that's not really what we're smelling. Mm. We taste things that, you know, that, that leave a bad taste in our mouths, and all of a sudden we think it's a bad thing for us. Mm-hmm. We hear stuff that we probably shouldn't hear. All these things are flawed, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But it's in the unseen. Mm-hmm. It's in the spiritual realm. Mm-hmm where perfection takes place, mm. where you really see the real plan come into effect. So it's not about what happens. You need to be thinking about why did it happen? Mm. What does it mean? Mm-hmm. Why did they say what they say? You should be asking all kinds of questions and stop taking, stop taking at face value right. everything that you see, hear, taste, feel, smell. You have to understand why all of that is. And it takes a minute. And so you sit back and you think about it. So why did she say what she said? Mm -hmm. Why did he do what he did? 
Why? Instead of all automatically assuming that what they've done or what they've said, you know, is significant. Most of the time, it's not what they said that's significant. It's why they said what they said is, is the significant part. Mm. And so being very intentional of, of, of understanding more about what you do not see than what you see has really made a difference for me. Mm. Okay. I know it's a little on the deep side, ain't it? No, yeah. I mean, that's that's amazing. I'm actually gonna have to go back, re-listen, and decipher that. Um, so I'll have some questions for you. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. But you know, one thing that I'm that I'm seeing here uh, while we sitting here talking is that you've had the opportunity to have some really powerful women in your life that that I've been hearing, and uh, to me, it sounds like a great network of friends. Um. How is it that you've obtained some of these friends? Can you tell us? And if you could go even a little bit deeper for some of our listeners who might be needing to change their circle, you know, can you tell us a couple of ways that they can authentically uh, go about building some better relationships? I, I, I think, honestly, the opportunities are around us every single day and mm-hmm. every single moment. If there is another person in the room with you, mm-hmm. it is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying it's easy to approach folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, believe it or not, I'm an introvert. So you say. Uh, <laughs> I, I really am. And so I've had to learn how to deal in this extroverted world. Mm-hmm. And so you have to force yourself to do the things that you're uncomfortable with doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to play all kinds of games, you know, show up to a party uh, or to an event or a reception or whatever. And I said, the first person I see with red shoes, I'm going to go and say hello. I used to make those mental games because otherwise, awesome. I, I, otherwise I would sit in the corner and just kind of like, oh, I can't wait for this to be over and I want to get out of here, yeah. right? So you make a little games like that. You know, mm-hmm. the first person I see with, um, with, with long earrings, I'm going to go say something to them. The first guy I see with no necktie on, I'm going to say something. And you just go speak. The, as soon as I sit next to somebody on the airplane, good morning, how are you? How's your day going? My name is Tony Waller. Mm. If it leads to something else and they have a conversation, great. If they don't, I've done my part. I made myself available and open for an opportunity. Mm. But you you have a choice as well. You might not want the opportunity, and I have to be okay with that. Mm. Right? Um, and you have to be you, you have to be you have to become comfortable with rejection. Oh yeah. You know, mm-hmm. meaning that sometimes somebody's not gonna want to talk to you, and you have to be okay with that. Don't take it personal. Mm-hmm. They just don't want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Move on. There are a whole bunch of other people that you can talk to. Mm. And eventually, you're going to find somebody who really does want to talk to you yeah. and you want to learn from. Mm. Um, uh, the other thing I, I believe in is creating friendships or creating connections and relationships with those that you ordinarily would not create a, a connection with. Mm-hmm. And that sometimes means people who think very, very differently than you and whose views sometimes can be offensive to you. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. you, I'm not saying that you're going to be their best friend, mm-hmm. but it's an opportunity for you to learn and, 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 and be part of something that could be pretty interesting. I have had some of the most interesting conversation with individuals who will never be my friends because we just see things so differently. Example. Um, uh, I, I, I had a gentleman uh, that I worked with, uh, very prejudiced, okay. uh, had very interesting views about black people, okay. um, 
uh, who always felt very comfortable in talking with me and, and explaining his views. I thought it was fascinating that he felt comfortable enough to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know for a fact that I had an impact on his life because I educated him on a few things in a very respectful way. I'm not, you know, I didn't, I, I didn't cuss the man out. I didn't do, you know, I didn't, you know, call him all kind of things. I let him say what he wanted to say because then it was my turn to be able to say what I wanted to say. Mm-hmm. I know for a fact that his life was changed because of some of the things I said. Mm-hmm. And he even made some comments to that fact. Like, you know, I used to think X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. but, you know, you, you've taught me something new. Like, I never thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest lessons that I've learned is that you don't know what you don't know. Very true. You don't know what you don't know. And you, mm-hmm. often you don't know because you haven't had that experience. You know, you, you know what you know based on your experiences, your education, your trials, your tribulations, your ups, your downs. That, that's what creates what you know. Mm-hmm. But if you haven't had certain experiences, I don't know. I don't, I don't know anything about that man, that that prejudiced man, and how he grew up and what he had to deal with. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's like, mm-hmm. but I got to learn what that was like because he told me and he shared it with me. Mm-hmm. Ah, now I understand why you feel the way you feel. Mm-hmm. I get it now. I don't get. I don't agree with it, but mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. Right. But now you're going to understand how I feel how I feel because this is how I grew up and this is what I went through and this is what, you know, this is what my family was like and this is what I learned and this is why I am who I am today. Mm-hmm. I believe that we have to be courageous enough to have those kinds of conversations that unless, until we become that courageous, mm-hmm. we will continue to see the problems that we have in this country. Mm. Wow. Wow, man. Um, so about you, how... How important has your peer group been for you uh, on your journey of becoming, you know, who you are? You've spoken a lot about some great people, but I haven't heard you uh, speak much about your dad. Uh, so maybe his acceptance of you and your sexuality as well, if yeah. there's something that you care to share. No, 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 no. I I, no, look, I, I told you, I believe in vulnerability. Okay, okay. So uh, my dad and I had an interesting relationship. I ne- I've, never, I've never doubted that my dad loved me. Okay. Um, and I knew that because whatever it is that I wanted, he tried to make it happen. Mm, even as you were a man. Even, e- yeah, yeah. E- 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 so, so if I, when I was a kid, if I wanted to take piano lessons, he found a piano teacher and I was going to have piano lessons. Mm. If I said to him I want to be an astronaut, he would have been, he would have been calling somebody to say, okay, how do I get, how do I help my child learn about, you know, being an astronaut and helping him to do just that. Mm-hmm. Right. If I wanted to be an oceanographer, okay, so let's go. To, let's go to the beach. Let's find somebody who can help you with this. Mm-hmm. Those are the kinds of things that he would do for me mm-hmm. because he wanted to make sure that we had it better than he did. Right. My father was a workaholic. Mm-hmm. He worked all the time, but it was all about providing what he never had, and that's all he knew how to make it. His success came from working hard all the time because he didn't graduate from high school. Mm-hmm. You know, I told you, you know, he dropped off at seventh grade. Mm-hmm. So he did not have the opportunity, right, to do what so many others had done, you know, in his peer group. Mm-hmm. He had to make up for what he didn't have. Mm-hmm. And how he made up for it is that he worked very, very hard. Okay. And so um, he, uh, he and I uh, have always had a good relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think sometimes it w- it's been a strained relationship. Uh, my father today is, um, physically, he is very well. Mm-hmm. But mentally and emotionally, he's getting a little dementia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my father 
never recovered from my mother's death. His heart has been broken from day one. Uh, and he's never, he's never recovered from that. That's probably been one of the hardest things that I and my sister and my brother have had to deal with because we've been trying to get him to, you know, move on with his life and do good and, you know, have a good time and, you know, enjoy yourself. He's not interested in any of that because his wife is gone. His, his love, the love of his life is gone. And so for him, he just, he's just existing right now. Mm-hmm. And so we've, come, we've had to come to peace with uh, the fact that what we have to do from here on out, at the end of the day, he's 83. He's, he's, he's lived a good life. He should be able to live his life any kind of way he wants to live it from here on out. And so our task right now is to keep him safe and healthy and fed and comfortable. Mm. And that's what we do. Mm. And um, he's doing good. He's doing good. Uh, Sometimes he knows who I am and sometimes he doesn't know who I am. Mm. Uh, Sometimes we have great extensive conversations and sometimes he he don't want to say a word to you. And so we take it one day at a time. And I'm okay with that. And I love him. I love him dearly because I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for all of the sacrifices that he made. Again, I never questioned that he loved me. Now, did he love me like I wish he would have loved me? Uh, Probably not. Mm -hmm. But, you know, uh, I can't control what other people do. I can only control what I do. And so I just make sure that he knows all the time that I love him. Yeah. And um, that's the best that I can do. Okay. Yeah. What's your favorite quote or slogan that you live by? Even scripture, if it, if it you, you, you already know, you know, you got to flow with the river because the river knows exactly where it's going. Amen. That's that's my favorite. That's what I live by. Um, it is, um, it is, is what I live by on everything that I uh, that I do. Probably the other, the other, um, uh, the other piece, and I, I can't quote it all, uh, but there is this uh, document called. Um, uh, 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 the paradoxical commandments, mm. and uh, it's uh, it'll it'll say you know one of them is uh, you may have uh, the best intentions mm-hmm. in what you do, mm-hmm. but people will say that you are being self serving. Mm-hmm. Do the best that you can do, anyways. Mm. Uh, you know, and so you can't let what others, you know, what others feel, mm-hmm. uh, you can't let what others uh, believe have too much of an impact on what you know is to be true, mm-hmm. right? And so that's one. And then lastly, uh, there's a saying that says, uh, and this was the, uh, um, uh, Francis of Assisi said, Preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. Mm, action. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Oh, man. Yes. I like that. Preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. When necessary, use words. Yeah. Who said that? St. Francis of Assisi. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, you, you know, you like touch me in my soul. I love that. And then, in the last, and then one one other one that I love is each of us mm-hmm. is a word spoken by God only once. Mm. Unique, meaning that we are all special and unique, right. and there's just absolutely no one like us. And mm-hmm. it's the truth. You know, you were given a name, mm-hmm. and you were given an assignment that only you can accomplish. Mm-hmm. Spoken spoken by God only once. All right, Tony. And, and this is the question that nobody can escape the Create Your Life series without answering. 
I need three things from you. Three things that you would tell someone who is looking to create their best life. You are meant to be great. Never doubt that. It ain't what, the, it ain't what they call you. It's what you answer to. Mm. So don't believe the hype. People are going to try to define who you are. You have the power to define who you are. No one else has that power but you. You can give that power away to somebody, mm. but they can't take that power away. They can't, they can't impact your power because it ain't what they call you. It's what you decide to answer to, mm. period. Uh, and what would be the third thing? Oh my goodness. Um, (sighs) so many things, so many things. Um, I mean, you can give us five, um, we're we're happy to, you know, um, you have what'd be a good one? Um, you know. The you know the biggest thing for me oh uh, you know the the other thing is never forget that it's not about you it's not about your plan it's about your role in the great plan Rick Warren mm-hmm. wrote the Purpose Driven Life mm-hmm. probably one of the best books ever. Now, I don't agree with a lot of what Rick Warren says. He and I have different views on a lot of different things. But, mm-hmm. but his book, The Purpose Driven Life, is, I, I think, amazing, in particular the first chapter. And in that first chapter, he says, he talks about how we pray incorrectly. Because in our prayers, we will say, God, please, release, please, please reveal my purpose. Show me what my purpose is. Tell me what my purpose is. It's not about your purpose. It's about his purpose and your role in it. Your prayer should be, God, show me your purpose and then show me the role that you need me to play in your purpose. Mm. It ain't about you. It's about the purpose. Wow. Tony Waller, thank you so much for being on the Create Your Life series, brother. It has been a blessing and an honor. I'm very excited about the release of this and, you know, to get to know you more, man, and build. And you also a great brother, Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated. Noop, noop, noop. Yo, yo. So I'm <laughs> definitely excited to continue our friendship, man. And uh, thank you. Absolutely. And I thank you for this opportunity. I'm humbled uh, that you uh, wanted to talk to little old me. Um, I'm just a hoodlum trying to make it. Uh, I don't get that twisted uh, at all. Uh, I am who I am because of everybody else around me. And um, I just continue to encourage you to do what you are doing to to fulfill your assignment, the assignment that has been given to you, uh, and to be encouraged to do just that. And to do not let others dissuade you from doing what you know it is that you're supposed to do. Because I believe that if you do what you're supposed to do, that's when you will see your greatest reward. And Mm -hmm. so all the best to you and the best is yet to come. Thank you, sir. Thank you. (laughs) Come on, man. You you, you give me too much credit. You give me too much credit, man. I'm just a hood trying to make it. 
Hi, I'm Diane. I have a daughter, Nikki, and she's a senior at high school. She just got accepted for early decision into college. Prior to taking Kevin's program, we were pretty overwhelmed because her college debt after her merit scholarships looks like it's going to be about $150,000 in four years. Feeling pretty overwhelmed about that $150,000 potential debt, I decided to enroll in Kevin's debt-free college academy full course program and I have to say the value for the money uh, for what we got out of the program was absolutely amazing. Kevin takes you step by step with many many different tips and many different strategies for not only the student but for us as parents for our student things that we can do to really help save money and prepare. If you or your child are looking to save money on college costs, sign up for Debt Free College Academy today at DebtFreeCollegeAcademy.com using coupon code FREECOLLEGE. Beautiful people, if you enjoyed this episode of the Create Your Life series, be sure to download it from our podcast, which is available on CreateYourLifeSeries.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Music. Also, be sure to leave a review of the podcast. You can catch us live on Sundays from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via 90.3 FM in New York or on Facebook Live at facebook.com backslash kevbrown1. We encourage you to participate in the conversation on Facebook or call in at 212-650-6903. Follow us on Instagram at CYL Series and at Kevin Y. Brown. Be blessed, and we'll see you back here live next week. Create your life. 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 Create your life.